Curses, prayers and obscenities. I look upwards to the blue sky for my angels descending. And a log shifts in the pyre below me. And my stake rocks. And the first sparks fly up and scorch my jacket. I see them land and glow like fireflies on my sleeve. And I feel a dry scratching in my throat. And I cough from the smoke and whisper like a little girl, Dear God, save me, your daughter. Dear God, put down your hand for me. Dear God, save me, your maid. There is a crash of noise and a blow to my head, and I am sitting, bewildered on the floorboards of my bedroom, my hand to my bruised ear, looking around me like a fool and seeing nothing. My lady companion opens my door, and seeing me, dazed, my prayer stool tipped over, says irritably, Lady Margaret, go to bed. It is long past your bedtime. Our lady does not value the prayers of disobedient girls. There is no merit in exaggeration. Your mother wants you up early in the morning. You can't stay up all night praying. It is folly. She slams the door shut, and I hear her telling the maids that one of them must go in now and put me to bed and sleep beside me to make sure I don't rise up at midnight for another session of prayer. They don't like me to follow the hours of the church. They stand between me and a life of holiness, because they say I am too young and need my sleep. They dare to suggest that I am showing off, playing at piety, when I know that God has called me, and it is my duty, my higher duty, to obey him. But even if I were to pray all night, I wouldn't be able to recapture the vision that was so bright just a moment ago. It is gone. For a moment, for a sacred moment, I was there. I was the maid of Orléans, the holy Joan of France. I understood what a girl could do, what a woman could be. Then they dragged me back to earth and scold me as if I were an ordinary girl and spoil everything. Our Lady Mary guide me. Angels come back to me, I whisper, trying to return to the square, to the watching crowds, to the thrilling moment. But it has all gone. I have to haul myself up the bedpost to stand. I am dizzy from fasting and praying, and I rub my knee where I knocked it. There is a wonderful roughness on the skin, and I put my hand down and pull up my nightgown to see both knees, and they are the same, roughened and red. Saint's knees! Praise God! I have saint's knees! I have prayed so much, and on such hard floors, that the skin of my knees is becoming hard, like the callus on the finger of an English longbowman. I am not yet ten years old, but I have saint's knees. This has got to count for something, whatever my old lady governess may say to my mother about excessive and theatrical devotion. I have saint's knees. I have scuffed the skin of my knees by continual prayer. These are my stigmata. Saint's knees. Pray God I can meet their challenge and have a saint's end too. I get into bed as I have been ordered to do 
for obedience, even to foolish and vulgar women, is a virtue. I may be the daughter of a man who was one of the greatest of English commanders in France, one of the great Beaufort family, and so heir to the throne of Henry VI of England. But still, I have to obey my lady governess and my mother as if I were any other ordinary girl. I am highly placed in the kingdom, cousin to the king himself, though dreadfully disregarded at home, where I have to do as I am told by a stupid old woman who sleeps through the priest's homily and sucks sugared plums through grace. I count her as a cross I have to bear, and I offer her up in my prayers. These prayers will save her immortal soul, despite her true deserts, for as it happens, my prayers are especially blessed. Ever since I was a little girl, ever since I was five years old,